0: I see you. It's a phrase that suggests that I can literally see you physically. But depending on how you use it, ooh, I see you might mean that I understand what you're telling me, or I could be acknowledging that I see you showing up emotionally and spiritually in a conversation, or okay, I see you. It could be an acknowledgement of seeing the work that you've put in or, or putting in behind the scenes that other people don't see. And what a blessing it is to be seen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen? To be known, to be understood. And what a gift it can be to tell another, I see you. In our wilderness story tonight, we meet Hagar, a young enslaved Egyptian woman to Abraham and Sarah. Because of Abraham and Sarah's... Faithlessness. Hagar has been forced upon and abused in order to fulfill God's covenant with them. They have taken advantage of her for the sake of their own gain and because of their lack of trust. They don't see her in an emotional or spiritual or fully human sense. They see her as an incubator for their promise, their future. They don't see her as a person with her own desires or future. They don't see her. And because of this abuse, Hagar escapes into the wilderness trying to make her way home back to Egypt, the land of her people and her birth. She makes it 75 miles alone in the wilderness when the angel of the Lord finds her by a spring in the wilderness. It's here where she receives the first annunciation story in the whole Bible, a young, enslaved, pregnant, foreign woman. Not only does she receive an annunciation about the birth of her child, the child in her womb, but she receives a similar promise given to Abraham, the father and patriarch. And to her, the angel says, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitudes. An enslaved girl, abused, pregnant, running for her life, seen. God sees her. God has seen her struggles, her pain. God has seen her tears and anguish and anger. Hagar feels seen, and she feels seen because she names God. And she's the first person at this point in the Bible to give God a name. This goes against conventional naming practices of the time, where only a superior could bestow a name onto someone of a lesser status. But an enslaved, foreign, young woman without access to power and status is the first to give God a name. And she calls God Elroy, the God who sees, the God who has seen her in the wilderness and knows her plight. And then we have to wrestle with the next part of that. Well, if God sees her, then why does God ask her to go back to Abraham and Sarah? Dr. Will Gaffney after offers, returning to God, excuse me, referring to God as she, Dr. Will Gaffney says, sometimes she is the God who liberates, but sometimes she is the God who inexplicitly does not. That is one of the hard, ugly truths of scripture that is true, yet another truth is that God remains the God who sees us and sees about us, the God who dwells with us, even in bondage, even in exile. The ugly truth is that Hagar in this moment returns to pain and abuse. Do not hear me saying from this pulpit that your godly call is to remain in an abusive space. It is not. But a truth from the scripture is that even when we are in situations that are painful, difficult, or arduous, and they aren't over yet, we are still seen by God and known by God. The hard truth of life is that sometimes we can't escape situations or circumstances that are painful or difficult at the time, but even so, God is present and is with us in the midst of them. When I was encountering a difficult season in ministry, my father-in-law told me a story from his own ministering journey that has stuck with me. He was ministering in a season that left him and my mother-in-law, his co-pastor, feeling belittled abused, taken advantage of, lied to, and about, and it was all around a bleak, difficult situation for them. He absolutely felt like he was wandering in a season of bitter wilderness. And during this season, he was walking along the beach where they were ministering in the Dominican Republic and came upon a tall, six-foot cactus. And looking closer, he saw that there was a small, teeny, tiny flower at the top of this cactus And they were at a point in their ministry where they felt planted in the desert like a cactus. They put forth so much effort and energy to grow and minister, minister in this context, but they felt like they only had a teeny tiny flower's worth of work to show for it because of the challenge and adversity they faced. He felt seen by God by seeing that cactus, knowing that not everyone is planted in fertile soil all the time and that we won't always produce abundantly, and that even scraping by in the desert with the meager resources we have, we are seen by God. Sometimes God appears as a voice in the desert, and sometimes as a six-foot cactus with a tiny flower to remind us that we are seen and known even as we wander through the desert. This week, my wordsmith of a co-pastor, Lisa Johnson, was sharing a good word during our Lenten Retreat series. We are reflecting on Psalm 46 and wrestling with the words of the psalm which say, Come behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations in the earth. Many of us stumbled over or tripped over that word desolation. A God of desolation? But the rest of the text shares what God is desolating. He makes war cease. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots. God is desolating war. God is putting an end to the destruction we humans have created. God will break our weapons so that God can be glorified. And Lisa's good word for us that day was that what may feel like it's for our desolation may really be for our preparation. In time, God will reveal how a season of desolation may have been for our preparation for things and experiences to come that we couldn't have imagined. In a desolate place, God is still at work. God sees us and the destruction around us, and we are not forgotten. My father and mother-in-law experienced a desolation period in ministry, but it was also a place where their focus as ministering people was sharpened towards justice, especially toward being a stranger or an immigrant, and their skills in speaking Spanish were honed and strengthened so that, They were prepared to help a rural white church become a multicultural, beloved community with services that are literally trilingual with Spanish and Swahili, and home to immigrants from Central and South America, Brazil, and Rwanda. Their experience of being immigrants in another land has solidified their calls to walk with immigrants in the US. And my father-in-law routinely spends whole days taking congregants to immigration hearings and helping with translation along the way. In the desolation of the desert or wilderness season, we cannot know how God may use that desolation to help prepare us for something else. And the hard truth is that we are seen and known by God, even if we are not magically plucked from the pain or suffering. However, sometimes simply being seen, known, and understood can give us the strength to carry on each day. The beginning of this season of Lent is often marked by a different wilderness story, and that of Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and nights. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and there was tested by the devil, a testing which was his preparation for ministry. One of the tests he faces is when the devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, saying, They're yours in all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them all and can turn them over to whomever I wish. Worship me and they're yours, the whole works." The message paraphrase. I'm in charge of them all, the devil says. No matter our spiritual or worldly views on what influences the powers of evil in this world, we can probably all agree that there are evil, greedy forces which do rule in our broken world where we see injustice and oppression everywhere. We live in a fallen, broken world that easily bends to the forces of sin and evil, forces that attempt to make people invisible, unseen, forgotten. Our hearts break with the people of Ukraine and the oppressive Russian forces attacking and invading their country and the images that are emerging from there. But media coverage of this tragedy has highlighted Western biases about refugees fleeing from other war-torn countries seeking safety. It's revealed who is seen and who is not. What refugees are viewed as worthy and which ones are not. But God sees each and every refugee seeking safety. God sees the mother and child fleeing Kiev, and she sees the mamá y bebés fleeing from Venezuela, and she sees the om and Teflon fleeing from Syria. God sees them all, no matter their country of origin, And like Hagar, these mothers enter the wilderness with their children strapped to their backs. God sees them. God sees every single one of them. Not a single one of them is forgotten by God. But we live in a world that is more comfortable forgetting, more comfortable not seeing because it might ask us to stretch our love, expand our welcome, and proclaim that like Elroy, we see you too. And because we see you, we cannot ignore you forget you or turn our backs on you. Hagar lived in a broken world where the forces of oppression left her powerless and without a voice. But it's in the wilderness that she raises her voice in conversation with the angel of the Lord. It is in the wilderness that she claims the power only to give the power only given to superiors by giving God a name. It is in the wilderness that she receives a blessing that matches that of the great patriarch Abraham. Hagar navigated a world of oppression and injustice, but she met a God who saw her, and the power she claims in this wilderness experience is written for all of us to read and remember. She was somebody to God, and God dropped in to see her and see about her. We live in a broken world but we are people who have been seen by God, and thus we see the world differently. With eyes of faith, we see the women like Hagar, whom society has forgotten or refuses to see, and we proclaim, I see you. With eyes of faith, we see the systems of injustice that deny people access to good jobs and transportation, and we proclaim, I see you. With eyes of faith, we see parents, especially mothers, overworked and undersupported by a nation that proclaims family values and family first, and we proclaim, I see you. With eyes of faith, we see children and teens silenced and closeted for who God has called them to be, and we proclaim, I see you. Seeing is a step in knowing, and because we are people of God's kingdom, we strive every day to co-create that kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We do not stop at seeing, but we act and work for justice so that the Hagar's of this world are not just seen, but known, and freed from the bonds of oppression and injustice which sideline them and try to keep them quiet. We know that we live in a world that easily bends to the wills of evil. But as Christians, we know that evil and death do not have the final say. Amen? Amen? We know that Jesus has come to rule over our lives and so we live as people of the kingdom of God. We have the honor of being called to see the world as God does and then working every day to help make that vision a true reality. We worship El Roy, the God who sees. And because God sees us, we see differently. Beloved, God sees you, and God will meet you in the wilderness of your life to see about you. And may your encounter with the God who sees give you fresh eyes to see the world as she does, where all are known and no one is forgotten. May it be so. Amen.